Wonderful. Well, thank you all once again for Camp Jericho, everyone who invested uh, in their unique ways. Um, we're just really, really thankful. And you can see the heart and soul behind it and have experienced it. So thank you. Thank you so much. And welcome to First Baptist North. We really are glad that you're here. It always amazes us and it humbles us uh, as we kind of start each Sunday early morning gathering as a team, a staff in prayer, and the first car pulls in. It's like, wow, the Lord is good. It's a humbling thing. And so thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing your families. Thank you for investing in this work. Um, we are very, very grateful. This is my final uh, Sunday to be here in this place with you all this morning, uh, along with my family. And you need to know that we have so many mixed emotions about this moment, and you all have been wonderful to us as we have led up to this day uh, in your faithfulness, your love, your support, your notes, your gifts, um, your friendship, all of these things uh, we will take with us as we go. But then I got to thinking to myself, what, what do you say uh, on the last time that you're going to be before God's people in a place like this. And I love this line. I've always wanted to, to use it. You feel like a corpse at an Irish wake. They need you for the party, but they don't expect you to say much. <laughs> I'll try not to say much. Final words. When I was a young boy actually living on the south end of Terre Haute, on Friday nights, this was through our middle school years, we would all go to the skate center it's not there any longer. I'm not sure what they've turned it into. Some offices, I think. The Terre Haute Bowling Center is down there. But we went every Friday night without fail, and we would roller skate. And then the other thing that we would do is we would play the pinball machines. Anybody know what a pinball machine is? That's right. Some of you do. Those of you born after 1980, just Google it, and it'll show you what that looks like. But the pinball machine was a great place uh, for us to gather. We had a lot of fun. You know, you'd put a couple quarters in, and I think about four balls would queue up, and you'd pull this thing back on a spring and let it go, and that ball would fling up into that machine, and it would make its way down, and it would bling here, and it would hit this, and it would snap and ring and ring. And, and all the while, it's kind of you're racking up points. And if, if you were skilled enough, which I really wasn't, by the time that ball got down to the bottom of that machine, you had these two flippers on either side and you could flip it just right and send that ball right back up into the game and it would make its way back through and ding and fling and bang and dang and all the while you're, you're racking up these points and at the end of four balls as they eventually made their way down into the, 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 the retrieving end of that, that game this, this machine would, would come to life and, and it would just calculate all of your points at the end of that time and you'd kind of watch and at the end, there were either two responses, one of two responses, game over <laughs> or game continues. I thought about pinball. This is going to be the most profound thing I've said in 10 years. Ministry is like playing pinball. <laughs> at the end, there's only one of two responses, game over or game continues. I am so thankful at the end of our 10 years of ministry alongside all of you, what God is saying to us is game continues. 
The Apostle Paul, at the end of his days, as he was transferring some final words down into the following generation of of young men and women that would kind of succeed him in the work, had some things to say about the continuation of the work. I'd like to read from 2 Timothy chapter 4, just these verses that have meant so much to me over the years, and then leave you with just a couple of thoughts. Paul writes to Timothy, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires And they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will even reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation and don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. And the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. That's game over, by the way. And has gone on to to Thessalonica. Cretans has gone to Galatia. And Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come. For he will be helpful to me in the ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And when you come be sure to bring the coat. I left with Carpus at Troas. And also bring my books. And especially my papers. Two things. That are the secret. To the continuation of the work. Put your soul into preaching and pour your heart into people. Put your soul into preaching and pour your heart into people. This is the essence of the work of the ministry that God has given to each of us. And at the end of the day, the apostle wanted to make sure that those would follow him had the secret to the continuation of the game. The Apostle Paul says, I urge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus to preach the word. Put your soul into the preaching of the word of God. Be prepared. Prepared for what? Prepared to preach. In the good times and in the bad times, to proclaim the timeless, eternal, all-powerful, and sustaining Word of God. This is the work. This is what the Apostle Paul wanted to remind those who would follow him to do. To proclaim the Word of God. There's so many things we can proclaim. New ideas. Fascinating trends. Slick new programs. The Apostle said, no, preach the Word. Preach the Word of God. The Word of God is living and active. It's powerful. It is able to penetrate to the deepest places of the human experience, even dividing the spirit from the soul. 
Who or what on this planet or in this universe can make such a claim? The Word of God is powerful. It is able to transform the human soul and bring life, bring someone from darkness to life, um, from shame to gladness, from a crippling state of addiction to freedom and new life in Christ. That's why Paul said, preach the word. Put your soul into the proclamation of the word of God. There's a time coming, Paul says, when people will no longer listen to this. This will not be what they're up for. They're going to follow after their own impulses and their own desires. Doesn't that sound like our culture? It sounds like this world around us that is seemingly spinning out of control. God knew that. He, he set us up. He prepared us and he equipped us for how to speak into that and that is with the word of God. And even gave us a realistic understanding. Most people are not going to appreciate this conviction about the power and the value of the scriptures, the word of God. In fact, they're going to actually surround themselves with individuals that will just make them feel good. Feel good about themselves, their kind of hedonistic ways. Oh, it's okay to live your life like that. God loves you. That makes me feel good. It kind of tickles my itching ears. It kind of resonates with my own sensitivities. And and God says they're actually going to reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation and proclaim the word of God. Preach it. Because it works. And work at telling others the good news. You see, that's game continues. It's not game over. The work continues because the body of Christ is equipped and charged in the presence of God to proclaim truth. With our lives, with our actions, with our words. As we build relationships. We are to put our soul into preaching. Apostle Paul also said that we don't preach ourselves. How that's tempting at times to present ourselves as the answer. Somehow if enough people come to this place or come to me or come to live the way I live and value everything that I value and kind of are enthralled and and taken by me and and my personality and, and my experience, well then maybe that's enough. Paul says, no, we don't do that. We don't preach ourselves. We preach Christ and Him crucified. That's what transforms the human experience, is the ministry of the gospel. And so this work continues. It's game continuing as we put our soul into preaching the Word of God. This has served us so well. This has been a place um, by which God has shown his favor through the faithful and compelling preaching of the word of God. The other thing the apostle says to keep the work continuing is that we need to pour our hearts, our whole lives into people. Paul was all about people. It wasn't about programs. It was about people. He said, I want you to continue this work. Tell others the good news. Fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. As for me, he says, listen, my time is over. I've already poured out myself as an offering to God. And you can see that in this litany of names uh, that he uses to end his letter. I've fought this fight. I've finished the race. I've been faithful. Now, listen, there's a prize for me, but it's not just for me. It's for all of you. It's for all of those who love his appearing. It's about people. The ministry is about people. It's about the proclamation of the word of God and then pouring our lives into other people. We're so thankful, aren't we, that God has given us that opportunity 
to be in relationship with one another. We've built a ministry, a foundation on these kind of two pillars of ministry, proclaiming the word of God and investing in people. Look what he says. He says, this prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And then he begins the list. Verse 9, 2 Timothy 4. Timothy, this is that young man that Paul met. He saw something in him. There was a flash. And Paul noticed it. In the busyness of that great revival in Antioch, here, here's this young man, and Timothy goes, or Paul says, I want that guy. There's something about him. And it turns out he'd been, he'd been feeding on the word of God through the ministry of his mother and his grandmother. There was already a foundation. There was a spring of, of life in his heart. And, and Paul, Paul noticed it, and he said, Timothy, I want you to come with me. I want you, and I want you on my team. And so Paul just started to pour his, his heart and his soul into Timothy's life. Timothy was the succeeding pastor at Ephesus. He took over the work, you see, because Paul invested. He poured out his life into this young man. Game continues. And there was Demas. Demas, Demas deserted him. See, that was game over. He just, he just loved the things of this life, he was, he was just still too taken by the culture and the, the lifestyle around him that he, he deserted the Apostle Paul. It's game over for Demas. But then there was Cretans. He went to Galatia. How many of you love the book of Galatians, right? The great, magnificent testimony of God's grace. Cretans was there. Titus. Titus went to Dalmatia. And then there was Luke. I think starting this fall... Um, the pastors are going to lead you through a study of the book of Acts. The church alive in the power of the Spirit. You're going to go through that as a congregation and it's going to be pushed down into your small groups. Do you know who wrote, you know who wrote Acts? Luke. Luke wrote Acts. The Apostle Paul said, I grabbed Luke, man. I just start pouring into that guy. <laughs> Imagine your life as a Christian without the book of Acts. He said, Luke wrote that. See, that game continues. Paul brought him alongside. He invested in him. He, he poured his life into him. And Mark, he said, bring Mark when, when you come. Mark was the one who went weak in the knees. You know, he saw the Taurus Mountains and he goes, man, I don't think I can do that. He turned around and went home. And Paul said, I'm done with that guy. <clears throat> Barnabas said, oh no, man, we got to give him a... Done. See, but then somehow in the grace of God's goodness, they, they brought him back around and now he's at the end of the letter and Paul says, don't forget to bring Mark because he's, he's going to be helpful to me as this thing continues. Bring Mark. He invested, poured his heart and life into these people. Tychicus, he went to Ephesus. Paul says, bring, bring, my, bring, my, bring my coat, bring my books. These are things that were important to him at the end of his days. We talked about Alexander the coppersmith last week. <laughs> that rascal. Verse 14. He made, the, he made the book. It's just not a very pretty story. He, he did me much harm, says the Apostle Paul. That's game over, you know. But the Lord will judge him for what he's done. Just watch out for him. He, he fought against everything we said. And there's going to be people, no matter what you do in the work, 
They're going to fight against everything you say because that's what people do who don't embrace the value of Christ. And it's just, it's game over for them, but it can, it can continue through you. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me, says Paul. Everyone abandoned me. I don't want it to be counted against them. The Lord himself stood by my side and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. See, that's a continuation of the work. And he rescued me from certain death. Verse 19, look at this. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. That was a couple that the Apostle Paul met in Corinth. They were Jewish. They had come to know Christ as their Savior and they never left Paul's side. He poured his life into Priscilla and Aquila. And they became a fountainhead of grace at the church at Corinth. Erastus was there. Trophimus. Eubulus. Pudens, Linus, Claudia. All the brothers and sisters. You see, that's, that's the second part of the work continuing Put your soul into preaching and pour your heart into people. And the work continues every single time. When I first came here, 10 years ago, we started the first series I I preached, or the first book of the scriptures that I taught through was Ephesians. Some of you might still remember the Ephesians series. It was, it was one of those interminable series. It just kind of went on and on. But anyway, God was faithful and he blessed the word of God. But we were so taken by some of the things that, that really weren't what God wanted us to focus on. And I'll never forget, I told you the story about how when I was a boy, I learned this little thing about the church. Do you remember that? Here's the church. Here is the steeple. Some of you could do it with me. Open the doors, and there's all the people, right? But we decided to change that, remember? So that it would more reflect what Christ has given us in his word. Here's the church. It has a nice steeple. But the church isn't the building. The church is the people. You are the church. Christ is the head of the church. And the game isn't over. The game continues. And I charge all of you in the presence of God to put your soul into the proclamation of the word of God and to pour your heart into people. And this thing keeps going and going and going and going. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we give you praise. 
we know that only one ministry is eternal, and that belongs to Christ. Ours is temporal. And so we bow before you and humble ourselves before you and ask that you would be faithful to complete this work to the praise and glory of your name. Amen. Sing together.